0: Uh 399797. Let's get back to your phone calls. Brandon is next. Hi, Brandon.
1: Hey guys. So oh. before I get to my point, I just wanted to say if you guys saw that Baltimore and Pittsburgh ending and Elva uh, they played without any umps yesterday, at the bottom of the ninth.
2: I saw that, yeah. That um the game was over after the top of the ninth and they still wanted to get some work in for a couple of the players. And so the managers got together and said, Yeah, let's let's do this. And the umpires walked off the field. They didn't want any part of it. And I guess the 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 managers and the teams have been told by Major League Baseball that that they could do this, but that they had to, you know, let the umpires know or get approval. So they ended up having Uh, the catcher call balls and strikes in the bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah,
1: that's kind of cool. Like a like a backyard backyard type of game. Yeah, the best backyard game ever. ever. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't get better than the Rangers. But uh, so with the most cider and the Cuba League with the uh, penalty shot and then hit, League getting hit after the goal. You know, I just don't understand. I think that umps and refs, like, they should be able to go to the podium like the players do, and they should have to be able to explain, like, what they saw and stuff like that and kind of be more held accountable. I don't know if that would help at all, but the XFL doesn't hurt.
0: So if people missed it, there was a number of plays last night that – were frustrating from a Red Wings perspective. Now, let me be clear here. Officiating did not cost the Red Wings in either of these two games. It's not no, an excuse. No, not but any. were there frustrating moments with officiating? When Cuba League scored, and after he scored, got attacked and got sent to the box. I think, both he got sent off. I think
2: he embellished a little bit, but yes. Nonetheless,
0: he was He in- did not instigate that. No, he did not. He did not throw the first blow. Whether he embellished or not, it wasn't a full-fledged dive. He got hit by Hamonic, who... I thought, sweet, goal and a penalty. They sent them both. I'm like, what the hell did Kubalik do? And you could read Derek LaLone's lip saying, okay, this is going to be good the other way then. If they score, we can hit them. Because that's what it looked like.
2: The penalty shot was weak and Mickey went off. Um, and, we, you know, sadly, we never got a chance to see if the Red Wings would score Would they do it to them. No. <laughs> that's right. That's one One freaking goal in the whole game.
0: Well, they scored plenty, Gator. The Red Wings could have done it to oh, them. I'm sorry. You meant yeah. the way. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> it's you're, all right. They played the an opportunity. The point being, um, do I think it makes the game better if there's officials have to meet with the media? like accountability. I like the ability for them to explain of why they called what they called. The NBA does something. I think it's the last two-minute report or something like that where they evaluate every foul call in the last two minute of games and... Say whether it was the right call or the wrong call. Transparency feels like to me like it helps. So whether it's the officials meeting or somebody or the the league releasing a statement on every every file that was called, but either way, I'm I'm if it makes the game better, I'm all for it. If it makes the game better, and maybe it helps us understand stuff that we don't understand.
2: Well, in the NFL, they do allow there is a um, a pool reporter. It's able to talk to the officials after the game. Right. There's one person is designated from the media that can go down there and ask the questions. Um, it's not. It's not a great solution to it, but it is something. one way that they do. At least they do something there. But that's one thing I've grown to love about the XFL in two weeks is the transparency they have when it goes to calling penalties and reviewing plays, that you're right there Listening to the discussion that goes on in the booth, between the booth and, and on the field with the, with the officials, I think it's great.
0: Let's go to Brian and Port here on. Hi, Brian.
3: Hi, guys. Enjoying the show. Good. Hey, uh, I wanted to call in with this latest and greatest news on uh, Jalen Carter. Um, you know, I was actually going to call before I even heard the news, but what do you guys think of this? If, you know, the two best players on defense in the draft – are Carter and Anderson, okay? And they're starting to clutter up the first minimum three picks at quarterback. What if, say, for instance, Chicago drops down to five and that leaves Arizona at four?
2: And well, Arizona is, oh, Arizona's at three. So if okay, Chicago, okay, so, the, the likelihood is Chicago drops to four with Indianapolis moving up because Indianapolis wants the quarterback. Seattle has the fifth
3: pick. Yeah. Even better. So if the Lions were to offer the sixth pick and maybe a second or third to move up and take Carter or Anderson, wouldn't that really solve a lot of our defensive issues and have them for four or five years? Well, you could trade up
2: for sure, And, and but right now, I mean, you might be able to get Jalen Carter and the way things have, are unfolding. He may fall significantly or he may not fall much at all. We'll We'll see what happens in the next two months, but it, it doesn't look good right now. Do you want to trade up is the question. Do you want to trade up to get Will Anderson at, at three likely would be the way that you'd have to go? And or- I could see a path to doing that, Or but let things play out a little bit yeah, here. I want I'm to see un- the combine. I want to see what Tyree Wilson looks like. His film looks great, but I want to see his measurables and all that.
0: I'm a, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I'll, I'll hit the pause button on making any moves for Jalen Carter. As of night now, as That's nightmare. That's
2: probably now. smart.
3: Yeah. He's kind of like a Andamikan Sioux, guys. He's he's got that right, got got what he is as a football player. Brian, you aware t- what happened today? Yeah, I am. I I heard about it. I yeah. mean, typically these guys seem to get off that hook.
0: Um, let's. I'm going to just hit the pause button on it's how like aggressive or, or or whether or not they should just move on. That's wise. Yeah.
2: No judgment yet. Nope.
0: Uh, In the meantime, we said we get to this with Brad Holmes. He's wearing a sweatshirt that said villain. Sweatshirt that said villain. So he was asked about it, and it wasn't just sort of, hey, it's a cool shirt. There was something behind it. Here's what Brad Holmes told the NFL Network.
2: I don't get it. Well, my interpretation of it is that, because he's saying it's something within their own personnel department, over the last two seasons, in the last two drafts, Brad Holmes and his staff have been praised, kind of universally, right? For making the right moves, for for drafting the right players, for a hit rate that's been pretty good. Yep. And maybe they've gotten guys that they know that they took right before they were going to go to somebody else. Okay. And they made these right choices. So among other teams, Brad Holm is looked at as the villain because that's the, that's the bad guy. That's the guy that, that gets things done right.
0: Because, okay, um, that's a good interpretation um, and perhaps could be it. I don't see anything villain-like about the Lions. When I think, if you're if in your scouting room, now let me, when I heard it and heard his explanation, heard he was wearing a shirt, I thought, what are they, the Raiders? Um, are they taking on villain personalities? No, they seem to be taking on hard workers and, and <laughs> for lack of a better term, good employees. What is villainous about that? because it came from the scouting department are they that villain that's it makes more sense than anything else I can think of because I can't think of anything that makes sense
4: it's a tough one for me too guys at first I thought before I even heard the soundbite and I just heard about it I'm like villain okay is this uh, Detroit versus everybody we're always the villain right us versus everybody um Were they the villain at the last game of the year in Green Bay when they said, "Hey, we're not going to the playoffs, and neither are you"? That's a villainous move, right? Okay, yeah. Um,
0: motivated by spoiling somebody else's season, exactly.
4: But then when I heard the soundbite and he said that this is kind of what they came up with the the player development scouting department, just kind kind of just that's where it came from. It made me think, all right, it must be something they're looking for. But we thought they're always looking for guys who love football. They don't want to rock the boat. They want to be part of something great here, building something. Grit was the the line last year, right? Right, right. We're going from gritty to villain. So I, the fact that this was a brainchild in the scouting department, player development, whatever, I think it's something they're looking for in a player, like toughness, maybe the A-hole. You need a couple of those in the locker room, right? So that's what I gather from it. but it's not clear for sure. I mean, that's just, I'm just taking a, a shot here. But maybe does that open a door for guys that people say Jalen Ramsey, his personality wouldn't fit here or something like that? Or do they just want guys that are game wreckers, wreak havoc, be villain, right? Cause disruption. I don't know. I don't either. He goes so many different directions. I'm, I,
0: You know, he clearly wasn't going to go into detail. He stopped short of any of that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there's an explanation. There's obviously an explanation. I don't know what to believe in this, but maybe the people have some interpretation. Hmm. Brad Holmes, you heard the soundbite. Where's the villain shirt? It's what we're all about. It's what we're trying to find. Something in our culture. Something we want inside our walls. Villain, huh? Never thought I would associate that word with this regime.
4: You know, Taylor Swift and her new song, Antihero, is pretty hot. Is that the same thing as Villain? Do
0: you think they're they're tapping into their inner Taylor Swift as they build this I don't know, man. Team? Text your daughter.
4: I don't know. I,
2: should ask me. <laughs> I mean, it's John Wick. He's, I mean, that's, oh, he's that's a like villain. an antihero yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug, you know about John Doug, Wick. Oh,
0: you do. Yeah. The shirt said Villain. Shirt said Villain. And, um... You know, obviously he didn't want to give a, a ton of details, but it seems like a curious choice given that they seem to be high on guys of great character, but he might not be talking about what he wants the players to be. You pointed out that they are maybe stealing picks from you right before you get them in a way that uh, is villainous. They're grabbing the guys you want, taking from you. Is that, a, is that what they mean in the scouting department? That's first text we got villain stealing finding talent it's criminal it's from an unnamed texter Tom and Flat Rock maybe Holmes just wants to be a heel gm to other teams win trades and stealing talent in the draft Sam and Dearborn says i hate the nickname wrong image and villain rhymes with millen
2: oh that's <laughs> a great point right there
0: 2485399797 Justin is next hi justin
1: Hey guys, how you doing? What's up? Uh, my idea was a villain is somebody that's got a plan and they build an army to take over something hmm. and hopefully before their master plan is revealed, like in a movie, that it's not spoiled by the other teams.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I, I alluded to it earlier when I said the special guest villain, but that was the term used for the old Batman TV series. When and, you would know who the special guest villain was, whether it was the Joker or the... The Penguin or Catwoman or whomever, it was, they had a special guest villain. They had a plan. Right. You're right.
1: Yeah, they always have a master plan, and they want to build an army, and they want to take over, you know, and I think that's what they're wanting to do, to take over the division and take over and actually get us a trophy here.
0: Okay. You don't like it? You know, people are doing better than I am because they're coming up with ideas, and every single one of them sounds like a bit of a stretch. And yet, I got nothing better, so I'm not going to be super critical of Why don't you put your fan hat
2: on and see if we can come up with something better?
0: We don't have the fan hat just yet. A fan hat would probably be F everybody. Lean into the Detroit versus everybody stuff. Uh, let's go to Juan next here at 97.1 The Ticket. Hi, Juan.
1: Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing?
3: No. Well, I think he was talking about was he was just trying to build that team that the whole country hated, right? To me, for the last 20 some years, it's been the Patriots. I hate the Patriots. I love Tom Brady. I just hated the Patriots and how everybody loved them. I think he's trying to build that team that's go have that type of run to where the whole country hates him and we become kind of the villains.
1: I think it's just about as simple as this.
0: Just because they are so good, everybody hates
3: them. Yep. Just like everybody, like it's three types of Patriots fans. Either you grew up a Patriots fan, you loved them. You became a Patriots fan because they was winning. Yep. And then the rest of the country hated their guts and couldn't <laughs> wait to see them lose.
0: I mean, I guess it's just good. The, the, all this is as good an explanation as anything. You could just see a group of scouts sitting around recapping last year's draft and how they got word that they stole like four picks out from other under people's noses. Now, we're like the villain. And everybody laughs and then they... Then somebody goes out and makes up shirts, and they all, it's kind of an inside joke. So that could be it. Uh, More here to the Carson Anderson inbox of what the the villain moniker means and why the Lions seem to be leaning into that, at least according to Brad Holmes. It's hard to understand the villain thing. The Lions pretty much have become America's team this past season. People are rooting for us nationally like I've never seen before. Steven at Work says, the way I take the villain thing with the scouts and personnel department is that they're stealing great players in later rounds. St. Brown, Houston, Rodrigo, all late round steals. Luke at a car, I guess when you use the word steal, people use the word steal in the draft all the time when you get a steal. So that could make some sense. Luke at a car, I think it's more they want to be feared like a villain. They want to have that persona of being the bad guy, like when they knocked out the Packers from the playoffs. A name texture means we're coming for you. We're going to take everything from you. Players, draft picks, wins, championships. Okay? Everything. better Better than what I came up with. Take it.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.